Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I am happy to be here with you today. My name is Sabrina Justison, and I am here with Vicki Tillman and Kim Smythe. And we're going to talk about all things homeschool high school. And today, in particular, we are looking at holiday etiquette for teens. So if you have high schoolers, chances are, unless you do absolutely nothing at all holiday-ish, you're probably going to be at some gatherings and some unusual events. And these are situations that can be wonderful learning experiences for teenagers. Great opportunities for teens to log hours in life preparation electives. Wait, you can log hours in life preparation? They need electives, right? That's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, life skills, life prep. Human development, because Mm -hmm. you're often with people of all ages. Indeed, indeed. So many things that are the kind of learning that actually will feel like it matters to your teen, because they'll see um, chances to apply it and to benefit from it right at the start. Like real life, you mean? So all of life is education, right? Always. It sure is. It sure is. All right, so we're looking toward the Christmas season and the decorations are going up and the plans are being made and the schedule is being morphed and twisted and turned into a pretzel and whatever else has to happen. <laughs> and uh, we've, we've possibly got travel in our own plans or we've possibly got people traveling to be with us and we've got hosting in our own plans. But there tend to be a lot of situations around the holidays that require all of us, our teens included, to be in situations that are a bit different from their daily routine, that require them to be with people that are perhaps a bit unfamiliar, uh, even family members, if you see them once a year or every three years, they're not your comfortable place. Right. And so yeah. you're a little out of that comfort zone. So let's explore some of those opportunities for learning, because that's what we're going to think of them as, opportunities for learning, not just things to be done and checked off, but um, opportunities for some rich life preparation for teens. So it's not just opportunities to lecture your teen and say, you have to behave in such and such a way, but these are all etiquette life skills that one will use if one wants to be successful in career or job interviews Mm. or any place where you're going to be observed, you know, climb the corporate ladder. Uh, So these are real life skills. Uh, So teenagers need to have the buy-in on that, you know, like we are not just doing, hey, you have to behave such and such. Right. You're you're preparing yourself for life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the situations that I know my teens came home and said, uh, thank you for having done some of that, you need to behave and this is how, were times that they first were at a significant other's family gathering uh-huh. for something. <laughs> and they felt okay how, how they handled themselves and they mm-hmm. realized that they made a good impression on people that they very much wanted to impress. <laughs> mm-hmm. <A> powerful <laughs> so, motivator. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's start with some of the positives. We'll get to some of the no's later. Let's start with some of the yeses and some of the how-to's. Um, So we've got a room full of people, and they are people that come from all different walks of life. Um, Some are your peers, some are not. We've got multi-generations going on here. How do you work a room? How do you help teenagers learn to work a room? And truth be told, 
some of the grown-ups listening to this podcast may find helpful hits for themselves, especially if you are perhaps less comfortable in social settings than some of your friends seem to be. So maybe this will be good for all of us to talk about. Yeah. Well, well, working a room is absolute agony for us introverts. <laughs> so true. And, and Kim, you, Kim does not understand our pain, no, but she respects it and loves us Kim, anyway. Kim's just sitting there laughing at us. <laughs> it's kind of like breathing for me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> There's that alarm that we thought we turned off. I really thought <laughs> I, I did. did. Okay, it's time to call our dear friend Lisa. <laughs> no, and make Lisa. sure she's up. Taking your meds. <laughs> <laughs> so it's oh part my. of how our community looks out for each other is we have a friend who has some chronic illnesses and everyone everybody takes a day. Yeah. And we set an alarm and we call her. I'll be calling her after the podcast. But we call her <laughs> to make sure she's awake and, and has is on on the roll for the day. Yeah. Because she loves us and we love her and that's the community of Christ together. Absolutely. She was one of the earliest seventh sisters too. She has been Indeed. such a cheerleader and prayer warrior and supporter and mm-hmm. sister from Isn't the beginning of Seventh Sisters. And as a matter of fact, she even has a product in our <gasps> ebook does. store. She oh does. my gosh, we didn't plan that, did no, we? No, we didn't. <laughs> and it wasn't Segue. Yeah, and it wasn't really meant to be a weird off-the-wall plug, but we may oh. as well run with it. Yeah, so, yeah. God Meets Me Here is a prayer journal mm-hmm. that she wrote about just walking with the Lord with chronic illness. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very touching journal. Yeah, Very... Um, both challenging and encouraging at the same time. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely breathe some fresh life and fervor into your prayer time. And we'll also just warm your heart and remind you of God's unfailing love. Yeah, in the midst of all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And how much we love Lisa. Yes, yes. that too. Yeah. That so too. check out God Meets Me Here in the bookstore there at sevensistershomeschool.com. <laughs> so back to working a room. <laughs> Okay. We do tend to wander, don't we? Don't look a squirrel. So, uh, <laughs> so there's a room full of squirrels. I mean, people. <laughs> and it's our job as a human being to help other people feel welcome and part of things. So even if we're introverts, really a wise person makes sure they talk to every single person in the room Mm -hmm. and it to go to a an event uh you know a holiday get together or you know you're sitting around grandma's house on the couches and the chairs and the floor and everything you come up with a list of questions that you can Mm -hmm. ask cousins and grandmas and aunts and then you listen Mm -hmm. basically if you have one question you can do the listening and go "Mm mm-hmm Oh, wow. <laughs> Follow-up questions are so much easier than the first question. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. if you do a little planning to where you have that first question, if you listen to their answer, it's not that hard to come up with a, now really, was that hard or was that fun? Mm-hmm. And just simple follow-ups, but you've got to get started with that first question. And planning ahead, very wise. So with grandparents and aunts and uncles, you know, people that are older, 
you can always ask them about their favorite Christmas or the biggest Christmas disaster or tell us about even if you've heard the story over and over again you know stories tend to get richer the more the the family (laughs) enjoys them together so richer that's a good word Mm. stories get richer Uh (laughs) perhaps less accurate over time but richer nonetheless (laughs) like like the fish tales i was picturing the fish getting bigger and Uh bigger Uh (laughs) but that's true they really do they really do and then what I've, what I've found sometimes is the things that seem the dumbest and the corniest and the goofiest when you're the kid, as you get older, then all of a sudden you find yourself becoming the goofy, corny, whatever adult, and those stories are precious to you and you want to share them with... So true. With, yeah. yeah. And the more times you've heard it, the better you're able to tell it then. When, when I was a young mom, way a long time ago... We lived in the backwoods in Florida near our relatives out on the farm. And uh, in the old, old days, this is before Vietnam War era, most of the people in the backwoods did not have indoor plumbing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, you know, who heard it, you know, who cares? You'd get that when you go to school. So when my brother-in-law came back from the war, uh, he wanted indoor plumbing. But his, his dad would hear nothing about, like... <sighs> Why do you need indoor plumbing? So one night, uh, he accidentally left the candle burning when he went to the outhouse. Accidentally. It's, it's, it's totally an accident, uh-huh. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, during the night, the family woke up and the outhouse was on fire. <laughs> and the flames and, you know, all you got is a garden hose. This garden. <laughs> So there wasn't less, nothing left of that outhouse when they were wow. through. And uh, so they got indoor plumbing. Mm. And it was, it was quite the joy. But from that day on, at every special big event, when all the aunts and uncles and cousins got together, they would make up newspaper articles about that, <laughs> that story. And the title of the article would always be, Tillman Toilet Total Loss. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And it's the same thing over and over again, but nobody ever got tired of it and nobody ever quit laughing. And then, the, wow. you know, the cousins grew up telling oh the story. My. And uh, so oh those, those kinds of, all you have to do is get a relative started. Yeah. Tell mm-hmm. me a story about, and yeah. then they will go to town. Yeah. So yeah. perfect, perfect skill for working a room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so you talk about Vicky going and talking to every person in the room, but if you're not hosting the event, is that really your responsibility? That's a good question. Thank you. So if you're if you're <laughs> if you're hosting a, an event, do you have time to go around and talk uh-huh. to everybody? In the room? Oh, have you one. ever been to an event where there's aunts and uncles and cousins that you've only seen once before? Like, oh, I remember when you were a baby and I haven't oh, seen no, you right. since then. Changed your diapers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so everyone's sitting there and they're clearing their throats. Awkward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, so, like, who says... It has to be the host or hostess leading conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would always tell my kids that it's their role. They have a role when mm-hmm. they go to an event. So whether it's family or something else. And that role is called facilitator. Mm-hmm. And the facilitator starts conversation and talks to everybody. Mm-hmm. And so introvert or not, 
they can do that. And then you know when you're done, like if you're in an event, you know when you're done. Because you've hit everybody in yeah, the room. Right, now, right. if there's somebody with a whole crowd of people around them, you're not having to entertain them. Mm. But you especially look for the quiet ones and, and mm-hmm. draw them in. But my uh, my oldest son, when he was uh, in the college application process, when they would do competitions for scholarships, they would often throw the kids in the room and watch them. Ooh. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And they would see the one that see could work the room. Would get the scholarship. Right, because mm-hmm. they they're looking mm-hmm. for people who can run the campus. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Wonderful. Absolutely. So are there different rules in how you talk to cousins, how you talk to aunts and uncles, how you talk to grandparents, how you talk to the new significant other that no one has met in the family yet, and this is their <laughs> first introduction to the family? Um, how do you sort of figure out... Is there a one-size-fits-all question that you could just pull out of your pocket to, to use for every... Or are there some sort of good ideas for when you're when you're talking up to a couple generations above you, when you're talking to one generation above you? So what do y'all tell your kids when you're prepping them? Well, I, I love your tell-me-a-story. You know, I always tell my kids that there are such precious experiences... Um, and my kids have found that it's been really helpful. And <laughs> my parents fortunately have really liked this, um, is when the kids are taking a history class, if it's a, you know, more recent history, they, they'll ask them a question about that. Like, like, Oh, we just learned about this in, in class the other day. What was that like for you when mm. you were actually living that? So tying their experience to somebody else's experience. Yeah. They've, and both the kids and the grandparents have found it absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that, that I've noticed working with adolescent males over the years is they have to learn how to use insults. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Because teenage boys, in at least in our neck of the woods, one of the ways they say they like each other is... Yeah. By you know, busting those, on each other. Yeah, yeah those, those are the ugliest shoes I ever saw, or they come up and punch them, uh-huh. you know, and you're my best friend, and this is how I'm going to show oh, you. yeah, yeah. But you can't have... You can't do that to Grandpa. He doesn't think it's funny. No, or... <laughs> or to strangers, new yeah. to that new significant Yeah, your third other. cousin that you've never <laughs> met before, you know, so yeah. that's a... It, that's kind of an inner circle kind of thing mm. and that, that's really powerful thing to talk about is is you know okay this is what you do with your best circle of friends but this is not what you do with your with your bigger because some of some of our kids are slower to get that mm-hmm. distinction yeah absolutely so yeah. like like peers that you don't know so cousins third cousins mm-hmm. you've only seen once before you can ask them what they're doing in school. Mm-hmm. Or you, you heard Aunt Sally say they were playing violin in the youth choir mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. Well, then you can ask them about that. Mm-hmm. And then as they start talking, you go, mm-hmm, or that's interesting, or is that hard? Mm-hmm. So you follow up on their questions, mm-hmm. but it's mostly listening with when it's a new peer. Mm-hmm. One of the things we found, too, in these extended family gatherings where the kids have never met or maybe met once, they just try to, together, try to understand, okay, now tell me again how we're related to one I was, another. That's what I was just going to say. That's a good skill. It puts them in this parallel place yeah. of like, okay, we admit we really don't have any history together, yet we do. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, very similarly. I was sitting here thinking one of the things that I've seen my kids do is say, okay, so you're my cousin, but I think the last time I saw you was at so-and-so's funeral. You know, mm. So that's what, five years ago? 
So what have you been doing for the last five years? Absolutely. Yeah, just own it right <laughs> yeah. from the starting gate. Yeah, your your family don't really know you, so let's just sort of start from square mm-hmm. one. What are you interested in? Are you mm-hmm. working? Are you in school? Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes owning it is, is just really good. Yeah. Um, little people, always a good bridge. If somebody's got babies or toddlers mm-hmm. and you're not quite sure how to talk to someone, if both of you are standing in the same space as one of the toddlers who is being entertaining, Talk about how entertaining the toddler is. is. Oh, there you, you go. have so got it there. Yeah. 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 Use use those little people because they, mm-hmm. they are very entertaining at these things and they can really build bridges. Oh, yeah. Another way to kind of work a room is to talk to the little ones. Oh, yeah. Like if you sit down on the floor oh, and yeah. get the toddler talking, the whole room is going to join in on that conversation. Mm-hmm. And it makes the little one feel so important. Included, yeah. Yeah, we we also have found um, bringing a game or two has been a real big connector. Um, you know, on one hand, we've had simple card games that we've played with the kids, um, and it, it brings a bunch of kids who maybe don't have that connection or that so shared it gives history them together to do. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then we, and this is not a plug. We are not affiliates, and, and you will <laughs> not find this in the Seven Sisters e-bookstore. But we found this really cool computer, I sound old when I say this, computer game. Um, We found this really cool game, um, and uh, my brother-in-law actually put it up on their big screen, and you log in with all your devices. So you can use your phone, your tablet, things like that. Uh, I suppose maybe a laptop, we hadn't tried one of those. And so we had people pairing up in the room, and so we had anybody from four years old to 101 in the same room, Sharing the same experience. So what game together? Is this it's called Jackbox TV. All right. And there's like yeah, three different editions of it, um, and it even has a nice little switch on there, so you can make sure that the content stays uh, G-rated. Fa- G-rated, family friendly. Not that it's, you know, not that if you turn that off, it's really nasty, but just. It depends on where people's minds go, shall we say. <laughs> so it, it, that's a way to, you don't have to work the room because the game kind of works the room for you. It, yes, it is actually a really beautiful thing for, for introverts or people who just don't necessarily yeah. know what to talk about. All of a sudden they have a common thing that's different. And, it, and as a matter of fact, uh, my son, uh, our families got together and my son and his cousins who are uh, 12 years younger than he is got together and have found out that they all play Pokemon Go. Okay. And so kids who previously had no idea what to talk to one another about, all of a sudden we're going off and we're thinking, where did they go? You yeah. Know? Right. So, yeah, powerful, Wonderful. powerful connectors. Another thing that my kids have done in situations where they've been really, they've really felt like a fish out of water, it's been one of those very much this was an obligation that I had mm-hmm. to come to this and I really am struggling. Um, just tell them to go and find uh, someone who is hosting and who is working hard to get things set together and said, give me something to carry or something to set up. How can I help? Oh yeah. Yeah. Being service minded is good anyway, Mm -hmm. but yeah, when you, or if you're an introvert and you just can't take any more working the room, (laughs) you say, I think they need help in the kitchen. Can I take the trash out for you? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that gets to be an interesting way too. If you're just in the kitchen working with somebody else, you start talking about the dishes, mm-hmm. but invariably you might actually find some connection. And even if all the connection is the next time you see each other, you go, oh, I really enjoyed cleaning up with you that, you know, the last right. time that we worked right. well together. And you'll, you, if teens know that, 
And then they apply that skill to like church events. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. That starts building networking. That's right. And I, I don't want to sound like mercenary here, but somebody's going to open a door somewhere when you make networking enough matters. friendly networking connections. Matters. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you serve people and good comes back. Mm-hmm. So there's your way of balancing working the room and giving your introversion self a break. Right, yeah. right. Now, if you're an extrovert, perhaps one of the things, this is not a no exactly, but it's a, it's in the boundary section of our list. Hmm. If you're an extrovert and you find it very easy, you life of the party, you love all of that, um, what are some ways that you can be sensitive to the other people in the room who perhaps are not quite, uh, sometimes feel like you're a large St. Bernard puppy that is just all over them and they're a little <laughs> bit overwhelmed by you, you know? There's, yeah. there's one or two in most families who are the life of the party, but they're also exhausting for some of the other people there. So it's it's like, like Kim's an extrovert that does not need to talk constantly. Mm-hmm. So, but we do know some extroverts that they say one word and it just doesn't stop and, you know, you can time it, oh, it's half an hour, it's still going, you know? Mm-hmm. So for us extroverts, we need to kind of watch and really be attentive. Even if we're the one that's talking, we need to be attentive. So you need to be an attentive speaker as well as an attentive listener. Ooh, Indeed. That's and a sound very like good. an attentive speaker as well as an attentive listener. That's good. Wow. Oh, cool. You're kind of good at these things. <laughs> She's quite the soundbite queen these days. <laughs> so if you just watch the person's eyes, if their eyes are kind of like <laughs> you big over. as saucers or glazed over... Or, you know, if they're if they're just visibly looking uncomfortable. You know, or maybe they're it's... twisting their watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or looking at their watch a lot <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's a, you, you do have to, especially in a setting like that, you need to give people an out to make sure that you're not, you know, and literally, are you talking to them in the, and they are they in the corner? And do they really mm-hmm. not have a way to get out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And to to listen as much as you talk, you know, to learn that internal balance of find out about the other person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes again, owning it can be a good thing. If you notice that they are maybe slightly glazed over, um, you can call yourself on it and you can say, I'm so sorry. I'm probably talking your ears off. Now you said you guys bought a house this year. Tell just stop yourself cold and mm-hmm. say, I'm talking too much. And then ask them a question mm-hmm. and listen. Indeed. Yep. So yeah, you could just be honest. That's, that's we're, all, we're all flawed. We're yep. all trying to find that internal balance. Right. right? And it gives, it gives permission for them to, to chuckle and to just kind of, yes. mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. But it's cool. You know, you right. know, like, and, right. All right, now let's get let's get real specific. We're talking boundaries, and we're talking about people in a corner or whatever. There there are physical things, at especially family gatherings that can be unpredictable. There are great aunts who kiss when you weren't expecting it. You didn't see it coming, and it throws you off. Um, our family has joked about the whole. We we think that there should be a sign above the door of of people's homes that says whether they kiss on the cheek or the lips. Because oh if you don't yes. Know, there can be serious head injuries. Like if you're turning the wrong way at the wrong moment, and this is a family who kisses on the lips and you thought they were going for the cheek, it's ugly. (laughs) 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 Vicky is looking at me like I am crazy. Oh, no. We've had issues, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. You can break a nose that way if you're not Who who needs to hug, who shakes hands, who um, is a close talker. 
and who likes a lot big personal bubble here, you know. Oh um, yeah, the personal space thing, especially if you're in a crowded room with a lot yeah, of people. It can be it can be tricky. So yeah. teaching our teens to read some of those the glazed over eyes, the playing mm-hmm. with the watch, the um, hands in pockets. When people start crossing things, it's uh, lots of people cross their legs when they sit in a chair. Mm-hmm. But if they then tuck their foot around the other leg again, <laughs> and you've got pretzel legs going, or if they twist their hands together too, they're feeling crowded. They yeah, need right. To back there. off a little bit. Yep. Um, um, and it's got to be okay for there to be, especially among your elders, it's got to be okay for some of them to kiss whether you're comfortable with it or not, mm-hmm. or hug you whether you're comfortable with it or not, because it's it's very important to them. And yeah. it is genuinely disrespectful to a grandparent or a great aunt or, or something. And I'm not talking about inappropriate touching. I'm just mm, talking yeah. a lot of teenagers do not want to be kissed by an 82-year-old woman. Yeah. They just feel like it's silly, but, but it's they gotta not get over that. silly to the 82-year-old family member. Yeah, look, because sometimes older people, even though you're 35, you know, and a grown kid, um, they still think you're three mm-hmm. because it's just hard to watch them grow up. So, mm-hmm. but if it's drunken Uncle George, oh, that's different. Yeah. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, that that's the inappropriate kind. No, I'm yeah. just I'm just talking about the, the some of us are are fairly physical people, and some mm-hmm. of us are not. You, Kim, and I have jokes about. Whether we pat or not, because I I just don't like to be patted. It just drives me crazy. (laughs) And Kim is a very affectionate person, and she's my best bud, and she frequently hugs me, and I hug back. But if she accidentally pats me while she's giving me a hug, she goes, oh, I'm sorry. sorry, I was patting. weirdnesses i don't like to be patted don't Mm. judge me just love me don't pat her just don't pat me but yeah but you know so we can talk to our kids about the fact that everybody's got their own quirks but you you can let it go for a couple of hours and just love on people and understand that they're trying to love on you and, and you got the the side hug or the front hug. Oh, yes. oh yeah, yeah. Life yep. is complicated. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Okay, so we've talked some about reading nonverbals and active listening skills, but let's let's nail that down a little bit more. So, in addition to you need to be listening, um, you need to be making eye contact while you're listening, mm-hmm. but not so much eye contact that the person feels that you're staring into the depths <laughs> of their soul, you know? Um, so you show interest by, by your facial expressions as you respond to things. Sometimes you don't even have to make the mm noise. If you just raise your eyebrows a little bit with a slight mm-hmm. smile on your face, the person mm-hmm. feels heard. And that is a powerful gift to, to give people. They need to feel heard. What are other things that you can think of that... Um, encourage people to feel safe and comfortable in a conversational environment that you can give as verbal or nonverbal feedback. Well, the, the active listening. So, you know, Aunt Sally's talking about when she went to the bank the other day and uh, some kind of strange thing happened and you go, something strange happened. So, Ooh, you know, you their just, words. Yeah, you just repeat back yeah. and, and look interested. Mm-hmm. And it just leaves it open for her to fill that space with some more of her story. Mm-hmm. Good. I think recognizing whether people are telling a story with a sense of humor about themselves or not is really important. Sometimes someone is telling you something um, that they're very serious about and if you start chuckling because you think it's actually funny. kind of silly, and perhaps you're right, perhaps they're taking themselves <laughs> way too seriously, 
But if you start chuckling, they feel very personally disrespected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you may not have meant any harm. And I Mm -hmm. think especially our teenage boys often struggle with that. Everything is kind of a joke when you're a teenage boy for for a lot of personalities. Mm -hmm. And to realize that there are some things that maybe it's okay for you to joke about it later. Mm -hmm. But if if this person is taking this very seriously then don't try to lighten them up. It's not it's not the time or place yeah. to, mm-hmm. to try to get people over themselves. Mm-hmm. And it, and that's another thing too is you don't tell people to get over themselves. Mm-hmm. Like unless oh, well, it's drunken Uncle George who is misbehaving. Like if there's uh-huh. actually inappropriate behavior, that's not the kind of stuff we're talking about. We're talking yeah. about basic just general just people are in a room and so things are occasionally awkward. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, cousin Sally says, you know, boy, I really had a hard semester, you know, boy, I had chemistry and I had geometry and I just am struggling with it. The boring is what, and you say, oh, you haven't heard anything, uh-huh. you know, and then you want to I up can them. top that. Yeah. yeah. Top like, this is bad not manners. a good party yeah. game. No. Yeah. yeah. So this is the three magic words. These are three magic the, words. The, yeah. Three magic oh, words. Oh, yes. When, is... when, when Cousin mm-hmm. Sally's telling how hard her year has been, yes. you look at her and nod your head and say, That's really, really hard. hard. <laughs> That's really hard. Yeah. And you have to be careful because if you start saying that and you've said it for a few years, then there may be this <laughs> little, little snarky tone that slips in. And you're, the people closest to you in your immediate family, they'll look at you and they'll give you the hairy eyeball because they know what you're doing when you say, that's really hard. So what you do is you come up with a few variations yes. of that's really hard. Wow. Although after, after a while it does morph into a, <laughs> just get over yourself. <laughs> well, and there are so many, there are so many, ju- this will segue into our next thing. There Go are so it. many judgment-free evaluation responses Mm. um you know when someone's telling you how hard their semester was you can say things like i'll say or oh my yeah you're really not committing you're not taking one position or the other on how hard you think this person's life is and you can think their life is cake and still say wow mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. that was really hard for you yeah Yeah. exactly yeah sounds like it was a big semester you know like Mm -hmm. these are just Mm -hmm. things that validate people whether Mm -hmm. you validate what they're saying or not so that brings us to the buffet line and the, a table. But before we get to the buffet line and the table, we have to get to the buffet line and the table. Ah, yes. Ah. So let's talk about people moving logistics. We're all oh, in the living okay. room. We're downstairs in the family room. And Grandma calls and says, all right, everybody, dinner's, dinner's ready. ready. What do we do? So there is an order of events to politely leave a room and go to another room and it does not involve stampede i was gonna say stampede (laughs) (laughs) so tell us about that order of events (laughs) so so teenagers can stand up and back so they stand up to show that they are ready and looking forward to what grandma has called them to do but they let the older ones go first and the littles go next. Mm-hmm. And then they can stampede with their peers. <laughs> there you go. Very there good. you go. But waiting waiting turns and, and mm. showing respect for those that have come before mm-hmm. and for those that are weaker mm-hmm. is so significant. Mm. And often I've encouraged my kids to, to, to help those people people you know if somebody's going through the line and they've got a cane or a walker Mm -hmm. or something and they're trying to make their way through a a buffet line Mm -hmm. or a toddler you know you know aunt carrie's hosting 
the dinner. Mm-hmm. So can I have, th- you know, three or four kids there? Can each one of them pair up with one of her kids and get them their plate of food? Because she's busy taking care of right. all of us. Yeah. And then can somebody get grandma's food and, you know, bring yeah. it to the table? To be other-minded. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the very rare family gathering where the buffet line runs out of food. People go hungry. We all joke about that at family gatherings. We are so blessed in this country, and even families who don't have a lot. Typically, when you all come together and everybody brings a dish, and there's food for everyone. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I have seen that has been unfortunate that I have tried to teach my children not to be a part of um, is is the attitude of wanting to get a whole bunch of your favorite dish. And so Mm. you take three huge spoonfuls of the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows and pecans on them or whatever. Mm. And it's great that you love them and the person who made them feels flattered that you like their dish. But there are 23 people at this party. Mm -hmm. You take a little bit of a variety of things. And if there's leftovers, go back for seconds later and make a big fuss. And tell Aunt Susie how much you love her sweet potato casserole. But um, that showing a little restraint and um, not making comments about the items on the buffet line that you, you do don't not like. like. Uh-huh. Indeed. Yes. You is not allowed at gatherings. Yeah. <laughs> and if someone says, would you like some of the roasted Brussels sprouts? You can just say, no, thank you. Indeed. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to say, I don't eat Brussels sprouts. Mm, That's right. just really not polite conversation. Someone prepared those Brussels sprouts. Yeah. And they prepared them because either they like them or they know that other people there do. So it was, it was done as an act of service and love. If you diss the food itself, you are also dissing the act of service and love. And Indeed. you may not mean to be, mm-hmm. but that is how it, it will be perceived. It's hurtful. Mm. Mm-hmm. So those are not just polite life skills, but all of those are real life skills. Oh, yes. Because yeah. when they are in the adult world and are at the corporate Christmas party mm. or at a, a corporate, you know, like you're at a training session or something, mm-hmm. you, you never diss the food. Mm. Because you don't know who's watching, yeah. and you don't know who made what. If it's yeah. a if right. not a catered event, yeah, right. Is is yeah. you always do you know find something to compliment? And when you're moving in and out of rooms, you watch. And if there uh-huh. is somebody who is weaker than you, you know has crutches, they go in front mm-hmm. because you are being watched. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. And it's funny we don't like the idea of being watched, but the truth is. In the vast majority of situations, someone is watching what you're doing. Absolutely. Even if it's that the little ones at the party are watching you because you're mm. a teenager. And role modeling. Even if none of the parents in the room have an issue with your behavior. If you're aware of the fact that your six-year-old little cousin is watching you, you might just find yourself doing a little something extra. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not staying out of trouble, like, oh, we're watching you. But right. it's just being aware that your presence at the event has an impact on so many different people. And it's an opportunity for good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. why, why ignore it and throw it away? Yeah. It's an opportunity for good and for branding yourself and for representing Christ mm-hmm. or representing your family. So there's, there's, you know, there's always somebody watching and you want to be honestly a good person. And even if there's not a person watching, God is watching. And Indeed. it's a way that we can honor and bless him. And I just wanted to kind of lean up to the microphone and go, 
the Lord is watching. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe but <it's, laughs> I'm to put an echo chamber on you. There you go. <laughs> but it, it's, I mean, it's true. If it doesn't bless anybody else in the room, you can it always still bless is our, God smile. our God. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. Now we're going to bring up a, a very painful subject that most of us didn't have to deal with too much 15 years ago. Uh-oh. And it's a huge issue now. So let's talk about digital devices mm. at holiday gatherings because there needs to be some digital etiquette. Mm-hmm. And I, we are not anti-device people. Kim has oh. already shared about a game where everyone needed devices in mm-hmm. order to play it. Mm-hmm. So they are a part of our of our culture and a part of um, even when we are in gatherings, people have devices out of their mm-hmm. hands a lot. But let's talk about how to use them wisely. Mm. So you, you think like an, an adolescent is not going to get through... Mm-hmm. Uh, an eight-hour event yeah. without checking the device. Yeah, yeah. But to be on it longer than maybe three or four minutes is going to be a, I'm not part of this group, I'm part of my group over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be like two people who are sitting in a room and everyone else is talking and they're just whispering between themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've always told our kids, you don't whisper in front of people. Yeah, that's true. So, so yeah. on the on the iPad, on the cell phone, you're whispering in front of people. Mm-hmm. So Good analogy. The, mm-hmm. um, the, so you limit it. Yeah. So you might, just in a group, you might make an aside to somebody who's standing. But you wouldn't be talking for five minutes in a low tone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I know sometimes there. this is difficult when you have multiple generations in a room mm-hmm. because for some of the 80-somethings, any presence of any device ever is rude. Mm-hmm. It's the whole thing of we didn't answer the phone during supper when we mm. were growing up. Mm-hmm. Very know? true, mm-hmm. yes. And that's that's not... I'm not entirely sure that that's always fair to mm-hmm. put up. That's not really the world that we live in now. Mm-hmm. That's not the culture. Um, and one of the things that I remember respectfully talking to my parents about a couple of years ago, once our kids were all teens and older, is that sometimes they would, five or six of them together, gather around a phone to watch a video mm-hmm. that they were all interested in mm-hmm. and, to, and to talk about it and to laugh about it and to enjoy it. And um, and my parents were kind of questioning, is that is that polite or is uh, that appropriate or mm-hmm. not? Or is that, and I said, that's really not any different than five of them sitting around the card table talking about what happened at school. Uh-huh. Is they are interacting with one another. They are sharing an experience, a story, emotions, relationships. Mm. It's okay for there to be pockets of people. If the if that pocket is comfortable, centered around a device for some mm. purpose, yeah. mm. that's not the same thing as the isolating mm. behavior that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you, you, one of the things you talk about with your teens is what group dynamics are. Mm-hmm. So you can have you know, three or four of you enjoying yeah, yeah. something on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. just real life. Cat or, videos. Yes. <laughs> Cute <Sorry>. puppies. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, my yes. word. Christmas. Was it Christmas Mannequin challenges. Year? Or no, I think it was two years ago, but I will never recover from, I was in my kitchen cleaning up and about eight of my almost grown kids were in the dining room watching videos and laughing until they were crying. And I heard my soon-to-be daughter-in-law say, oh, animals in human clothing, that's just my weakness. <laughs> I thought, yeah, actually said it out loud. Animals in human clothing, that's just my weakness. <laughs> so you can 
can actually really get to know one another very well <laughs> around the YouTube videos. There you, go. there you go. But that's that's a group dynamic yep. rather than yeah. the whisper dynamic, yeah. and that's that's anti-group. If yeah. you've got some that need to go out in the driveway and shoot baskets mm-hmm. for half an hour after supper, that's mm-hmm. okay. That's that's not isolating. That is bonding. Yeah. And uh, for someone like me who couldn't get a basketball in a basket if her life depended mm-hmm. on it, I'm not likely to join in. Mm-hmm. But I think it's great when some of the ones that need to burn off a little steam go mm-hmm. and do that. Now, sometimes kids just have to have a 10-minute uh, a break conversation with their friend. And so it's time to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And you can always go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. So nobody's going to consider that room. Yeah, step That's out right. to the yeah. garage. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not whispering in front of people. Yes. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. I, I also, back to the the whole thing of introverts and trying to talk to different people that you're, that are, you know, essentially strangers. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly fine. And, and I found a lot of people love pull up pictures that you have on your yes. phone to show someyone some event or something mm-hmm. that happened in your life. What a great way to or share. Or your dog wearing human clothes. There you go. That could yes. be someone's weakness. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Donna Marie, I love you. <laughs> Okay, so then after the event is over or during the event while your device has been surreptitiously snuck out of your pocket, Mm. you may post on social media about your family and about the event. But perhaps you should think carefully about how you do that. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So, I can't stand Aunt Susie. And they're like, oh, she tells one more story. Like, uh-huh. we had the grossest dinner. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, you may not even remember who all your followers are on a particular yeah. account. Mm-hmm. And even if you do, and even if that person never sees it, is it helping anybody? Yeah. Yeah. For, for you to put the negative stuff out there on social media. Mm. It's just, uh, I, I, this is a pretty big soapbox for me, but I'm not seeing the world becoming a better place because people are venting, even if they're funny, mm. even if they're I'm sarcastic yeah. and witty. If they are criticizing people who were not malicious. Right, who had good and intentions. Who were, right. Yeah. And it's not making the world a better place. Mm. It's making us all on guard and uncomfortable and just waiting to see um, where the next slam is going to show up. And Mm. that's not cool. Somewhere in one of the epistles, Paul says, speak those things that are good for edifying. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Where is that? I don't remember. But um, Thumper said the same thing. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. And I always tell my kids to remember that when you're putting something on social media, is that something that you'd be comfortable saying to that person's face uh-huh. and, and should be comfortable saying to that person's face? And is that something that you're comfortable when you're putting it out there, you're putting it out there. And if that's, mm-hmm. you know, is it appropriate? And, and would you like for a potential boss to see that? Would you, you oh know, it's my. interesting when my daughter was finishing her education degree, they were, um, they had a a required seminar that they had to attend that was all about deleting your social media accounts for six months before student teaching began because you wanted to be offered the positions that you really wanted and most people could not censor themselves enough to keep their social media clean Mm. and um, so they just recommended that you just get off of social media for six months because you obviously can't trust yourself 
and of course Becca being Becca, she took this as a personal challenge that she would make sure that she was still on social media, but that it was it looked exactly the way she wanted it to. <laughs> okay, whatever. Only yeah. the most wholesome things yeah. are on there. Well, and even if your kids are still in high school or whatever, if they're athletes, uh, a lot of sports teams, coaches, mm. recruiting, they will look at all your social media, mm-hmm. and it can really have devastating effects. Another plug I'd love to put in, there's a, a um, an account on Twitter, HS Social Media, um, and it's it's designed for high school social social media, high school athletes, really. Um, but I've just found some really great stuff in there, great reminders, great resources about being positive, putting positive stuff out there, positive content, being your best you. And there's also a lot of reminders about just being thoughtful about what you put on your social media. Good stuff. It reflects. So again, this all gets kind of brought into sharper focus at the holidays, but everything that we're talking about, these are life skills for around the whole calendar year Mm -hmm. and in so many different arenas. Mm -hmm. So talk to your teens. That's the number one thing. Talk to them before events. Don't Mm -hmm. wait until someone has embarrassed themselves or caused an offense and then try to clean up the mess. Talk to them beforehand. And as Vicki said at the beginning, this is not just about you better behave. No. Mm -mm. This is really helping our teens understand that they are not children anymore, that they are just one little toe step away from having to navigate very complicated adult situations. And these kind of events around the holidays are a great place to practice. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we hope that these ideas have been practical, encouraging, helpful. We hope that they will spark really good conversations with your teens. Some of the most beautiful things about homeschooling high school in those years is the chance to have conversations. It may never be something that you can put on uh, on a syllabus that you can hmm. even figure out a way to log hours for necessarily. But having the opportunity to have those conversations with your teens could be some of the most precious stuff about homeschooling high school. So take advantage of it. If you are looking for something to uh, bridge that last little bit of time before, yeah, we're calling it, we're on holiday break now, but uh, no, we're not yet. And excuse me, if you're in that never, never land and at the end of the year here, if you would like some Christmas themed curriculum for all ages, but including stuff for high schoolers, Um, We have put together a little gift for you this year. It is a nifty little bundle, the Twas the Week Before Christmas bundle, and it has all different kinds of learning in there, literature and writing and fine arts and science and uh, foreign languages and some stuff for the littles as well as for the teens. So check that out if you're looking for something to keep, keep your school going a few more days, but still mix things up and give people some fun and some Christmas mixed into their academics. Visit the sevensistershomeschool.com e-bookstore and check out the Twas the Week Before Christmas bundle. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but if you are one of the lucky ones to get in early enough, are there any mugs left? There are a few mugs left. There we go. Yes, we have a few of our first edition, limited edition, because we're not Mm -hmm. doing any more exactly like these. I'm the Seventh Sister Coffee Mugs. So yes, we would like to send you one of those. Um, We hope that your Christmas season is wonderful and is filled with lots of great learning and lots of great love and um, times that you get to model all the things that you want your teens to be learning and that you also get to tell them how you're seeing these wonderful things manifest in their lives. Make sure you tell your kids when they do something right. 
It's a powerful thing. So have a wonderful week. We look forward to being with you again here on the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. See you next time.